House District 28 has been served by Representative Jeff Barker for about 18 years. Now, covering Washington County, including Aloha, that district is going to have a new representative. The Democratic nominee for that district is Winsby Campos. She won the Democratic primary, will be up against Daniel Martin in the general election. Winsby's political organizer serves on the board of Next Step as a family advocate for Family Promise of Beaverton. Winsby, hello, and thanks for being with us. Hi, good morning. Now, Jeff Barker. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here, and good morning to you. Now, Jeff Barker was a retired police officer, was one of the older members of the House, one of the more conservative Democrats in the legislature. Does that describe you? Uh, definitely not. Um, so I, if elected to the House, uh, will be the youngest woman uh, to, to have served in the legislature and will be the youngest person in, in the legislature as of right now. Um, currently, we don't have anybody under 30 years old. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm approaching my mid-20s. I'm approaching um, my mid twenties. That's an excellent. I like how everybody describes their own age. Approaching the mid twenties. I think that <laughs> I would think approaching the mid twenties means twenty three. Because if you're twenty four, you just say mid twenties. Is that is that a good guess? <laughs> I'm I'm twenty four. So oh, there you go. You're mid twenties. That's fair. You have approached. Otherwise, mid twenties. If mid twenties is if if, if twenty four is it, then mid twenties is only twenty five. And and if it's mid, I think you got the. Twenty-four to twenty-six is mid-twenties. I think you're safe. You're safe in there, Winsby. So I'm I'm, I'm in my mid-twenties. Um, I'm also pretty progressive. Um, so, uh, Representative Barker, you know, I, I respect a lot of the work that he did during his time in the legislature, and I mean, has been a champion for some fantastic uh, issues like uh, reproductive justice. Um, but we certainly. Um, we certainly fall on, on different sides of, of, or not different sides, but I'm certainly more progressive on, on a number of different issues. Um, and I think that comes a lot from the different backgrounds uh, that we come from and also uh, our different, the work that we've done. Before we go further, let me ask you the question I ask just about every candidate. Who are you and why are you running? <laughs> so my name is Winsley Campos. I work as the case manager for Family Promise of Beaverton. It's a transitional housing program that helps families experiencing houselessness get into housing. And it's really the work that I do that was the catalyst for me making this decision to run. I had a day at work where I had one too many conversations with the families that I work with uh, about the lack of resources and solutions in the area. I had a day where I started out the morning on the phone with somebody who by the end of the phone call knew that they were going to be sleeping outside that night. And I ended that work day with a mom breaking down in tears in front of me, asking me how she was supposed to put a roof over her children's head when she worked 40 hours a week, but only makes minimum wage. And unfortunately out here in Washington County, uh, making minimum wage doesn't makes it very difficult to afford everything, all of, all of the costs of living. And so I sat at my desk feeling really angry and frustrated, and I thought to myself, what we need is change at a policy level. We need people that are on the front lines of the most pressing issues, but we also need people who bring diverse lived experiences and perspectives. And as somebody who grew up in a low-income household, 
myself having exper- experienced housing insecurity, living in a motel from the age of eight until I left for college, and really seeing a lot early in life and seeing how systems aren't set up to help families like mine succeed uh, really instilled a sense of justice in me pretty early on, and these these are some of the different perspectives that I hope to bring to the legislature. What do you see as the biggest challenge ahead of you in the campaign? I remember back in 2002, in fact, it was the first election. Uh, this is a really interesting uh, mark of transition to me, because in 2002 it was the first year of the bus project, and its primary focus then was on legislative races. And one of the very first races it worked on was Jeff Barker's race in the general election who was running and ended up winning by just over, was it 40 votes, 42 votes? I'm forgetting. I used to have that exactly memorized. I mean, it was under 50 votes, as I recall. And it was a very close district between Democrats and Republicans. Of course, demogra- demographics have changed. The lines have been redrawn since then. What do you see as the biggest challenge facing you in this election? So you're, you're absolutely right. The, the district has changed quite a bit over the years. We now have an almost two-to-one Democratic uh, voter registration edge. So it's it's come to be known as a pretty safe blue seat. Um, And I would say likely the biggest challenge will be in in navigating uh, the campaign as as we see how things unfold over the next few months with regards to COVID-19. Uh, it significantly impacted the campaign in, in the primary, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but now, so we today in Washington County are entering phase one. And, you know, I guess we're, we're just going to see how that goes and what, what the timeline ends up looking like and what that means for our plan as a campaign. And now, as the Democratic nominee in a district that is leaning strongly blue, it's premature to say you're you're a member of the legislature, but you've got to be starting to spend some of your time thinking about the next legislative session. You seem like in a pretty good position, pretty likely to be end up serving in the legislature. What are some of the early priorities that you want to take on? Yes, absolutely. So we're thankful to be in this position where we have it's feeling like we have a number of months to do some things like help other campaigns in the area uh, but also focus on on what policies and what what are what my priorities are going to be going in um, and being able to connect with voters and really engage with them and some of my priorities going in are certainly housing Uh, I have a number of different uh, ways that I've talked about it as an issue, one of which I think is really important right now, uh, just just thinking about what's going on uh, in the area, um, and that's decriminalizing homelessness, um, but also taking a look at no-cause evictions and how the, the minimum wage hasn't matched the rising cost of living, because when you look at housing as an issue, it's so in- interconnected with, with a bunch of other issues. Um, and so my priorities, the things that I have campaigned on this far are housing, education, healthcare, uh, and climate change. Um, the top three that I've talked about a lot are healthcare, housing, climate change. And I come at these issues um, in, 
from having lived experience myself, but also now. So when I talk about them, they're not abstract problems, but they're also things that I'm helping folks navigate in the work that I do. Um, but I think one of the big priorities going into this next legislative session is, is how we're coming back from COVID-19. And I've received a lot of questions of, you know, how, how do we recover? Uh, what, are, what are the steps after the fact? Uh, which is, a, is an important question, but I also wish we, were, we weren't framing it so much in a how are we recovering afterwards, but, you know, how are we pushing our elected leaders right now to to take care of some of these issues. I heard you talking uh, before we started uh, about how, you know, half of the people who've applied for unemployment are currently receiving it. Um, I think one of the big things will be in, in focusing on how we're prioritizing people um, when we're talking about uh, where funding is going to go, where revenue streams um, continue, um, making sure that we're focusing on people and, and not profits. Let's dwell on that for a moment. Oh, by the way, I, I just reminded that if anybody ever gives you a hard time about your about your youth your youthfulness, the best response I've heard it was by a candidate for Congress. They said, "If your biggest concern with me is my age, don't worry, I'll grow out of it." That was just a helpful. It was a helpful <laughs> one. I, I offered to you. I offered to you for the price you paid, uh, which was spending this time, which we really appreciate. I want to dwell on what you just said about the employment department, and now with a state that is being run by Democrats, okay? Uh, one of the challenges Democrats can face is feeling comfortable holding state government accountable, uh, is making sure that, for instance, if there are systems that need to be transformed, if there are public workers that, uh, that need to go through some sort of shift in how business is done, if we need to change some systems that would make might make some elected official who's an ally or a friend look bad or make some organization, a, a union or an association who is an ally might might disrupt what they are uh, what they're used to. How do you think about grappling with that? How do you imagine girding yourself so that you can be if you know the state legislature is the board of directors for the state? How can you imagine serving that fiduciary duty to the state sometimes in the face of would be allies? So I think at the end of the day, um, it's, it's making sure that we're, that, that folks in, in leadership positions are advocating for the people that, that they're supposed to be serving. Um, and yes, relationships are important. And of course they need to be built and fostered when, when you're in these different, um, agencies and, and elected leadership positions. And, you know, um, you've got to serve the party and and all of this is is what we're told um but but if you're not advocating for for those um you know that are that you that you claim to serve um then then it you know it doesn't really seem like you're doing your job at that point and so i think you know being willing to stand up in especially in difficult moments is something we should expect of of our leaders and you know myself uh, I there have been times when uh, in volunteer work. So I've I for about five years volunteered for the Democratic Party of Washington County, and there were moments that, as much as I respected leadership uh, and and you know found that there were a number of friends 
um, in in the executive board and the elected officers, uh, there were still moments that I didn't agree with what was going on, and I took moments to speak out against that because, you know, it's not just party loyalty; uh, it's it's being there for for the people. And I think one of the questions will be not only the advocating but the execution. How one of the challenges I think of serving the legislature is that you get a bill done, and then that bill, you know, the, the mission of that bill not only maybe gets watered down during the bill making process, but goes on to uh, to then the folks who will implement it. And how do you then make sure that the execution? You know, for instance, there's there's nobody who had a policy. No bill that was passed that said, oh, there's people who have to wait a couple of months and not be able to get their unemployment benefits. Right? That's actually about sort of the execution of the thing. Uh, on the, Feel free to say more about that. Otherwise, on climate change, how do you think that we should be uh, holding our transportation systems accountable to goals of climate change? You know, most of what the legislature ends up passing, what legislative leadership ends up pushing out and the governor ends up signing are highway expansions, which don't do much to reduce uh, greenhouse gases. In fact, they do the very opposite of that. How would how would Winsby Campos uh, interact with transportation policy and with highway building in the legislature? Highway expansions are definitely not something that I <laughs> believe are, are the effective way in, in addressing climate change. Uh, we've seen in other states that, you know, you build more highways and you've got more cars on those highways. Uh, one of the, I've talked about transportation a lot during the campaign. It's a really important issue out here in House District 28. And one of the ones that I hear often about from voters um, we have a lot of folks that can't access transportation. Um, there are spots in, in the district where the bus only comes once an hour. And if you're a mom and you've got you know small children and one of them is running around, doesn't want to put their pants on in the morning, and you're late to the bus, uh, you're late to your job, you're late to dropping your child off um, at childcare or school, and you know it impacts a lot of things. It's ripple effect. So we definitely need uh, to make sure that folks have adequate access to public transportation. Um, but we also need to make sure that we are moving towards our climate goals. And uh, one of the ways that I've talked about doing that is in looking at a bus rapid transit system, uh, which essentially means um, you know that the bus uh, would have its own lane, so it's not competing with traffic. Um, because right now, you know. Um, if you if you have to take a bus somewhere and it's going to take you an hour and it's only going to take you maybe 25 minutes in your car, you're going to take your car. And, you know, so, so many of us do that. And But if we can make the bus competitive where it doesn't have to sit in traffic and say you have, it'll take you maybe an extra 10 minutes on the bus, that's a sacrifice, quote unquote, you know, that more folks are willing to make. And we're getting more cars off of the road. Uh, which is great for, you know, great for our climate, uh, great for your addressing climate change. Um, but it's also great for people's sanity. You know, they're not stuck in traffic, um, feeling angry, um, especially, you know, during the summer when it's hot out and people just want to get home. Um, but that's one of the ways that I've talked about getting um, cars off of the road. But we also need to make sure that, and, and it's, I've started to see the buses pop up around here, but that we're moving towards an electric system. Um, and and towards more green, energy-efficient um, modes of transportation. And another way of looking at that is 
in investing in bike lanes, uh, one of the things that I definitely heard a lot on, on the phones, um, conversations with voters, are that out here, folks don't feel safe on their bikes because we don't have those we don't have a whole lot of bike lanes out here. And if we can make it easier for people to choose these forms of transportation, then that's what we should be doing. First, before we wrap, I just want to tell you how grateful I am for you running. I want to say how grateful I am for you taking this time that the uh, that every time, you know, we, a lot of us have spent, some of us have spent some portion of our lives wanting to engage uh, young people and new people in the in public office and maybe even less importantly running for office but just being engaged in the process and I can't think of a more fitting a more fitting way to and I know this I'm editorializing a moment but a more fitting way to transition in Jeff Barker's district than having a and having a young activist uh, run for that seat for those of us who care about that kind of stuff it's just you're just hugely inspiring I hugely support I know there's a little sort of weird to say in an interview, but I'm just really, really pleased and really grateful for you running and for putting your name on there. Have you enjoyed the process? What's been most surprising to you? Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, I've, I've enjoyed the process. Uh, it's certainly been, it has certainly been challenging. Uh, we don't make it easy for, for folks who, you know, have to work a day job to afford um, staying in their housing, afford paying their bills. Um, we don't make it easy for young people, um, for folks who come from communities of color, who fo folks who come from low-income backgrounds. And I've certainly seen that along the way um, and have faced some challenges in, in trying to navigate all of that because I do work full-time and, and, as I mentioned, um, have, have a diverse background or come from a diverse background. And so it's, it's been enjoyable, and I've certainly um, enjoyed the conversations I've had with voters, uh, the, the people that I've had a chance to meet, um, my fellow candidates, um, many of whom are just fantastic people who, who I wouldn't have perhaps had the chance to know were, were not for running. And so it's, um, I think the most surprising thing uh, and this shouldn't have been surprising because I have, I myself have worked as a staffer and have volunteered and interned on campaigns, but it is the number of, of meetings that you end up having. And the meeting started from, from the moment that I really started to think about running. And I had been asked to run, but I really, really didn't think it was something I was going to do until I had that day at work. Um, but from that first day, uh, I started to set up meetings with community leaders and electeds in the community, just, just to sort of, you know, float the idea and see how folks received it. And I will tell you that I, I kept waiting for somebody to laugh me out of a room, um, and it didn't happen, uh, and people were excited about it. And But the meeting started there, and then they just kept going, because you continue, continue having meetings with electeds and community leaders and community members and then you've got all of these endorsements um so it is it is a lot uh a lot of meetings and again i shouldn't have been surprised because i myself have scheduled these but it's different scheduling them and then being the one to go to all of these meetings yourself <laughs> i just want to say thank you again winsby campos for joining us where can people find out more people can find out more at uh campos 
passportoregon.com and uh, or uh, you know quick Google search um, I'm the only one that will come up with my name um, <laughs> so, so yeah I didn't I didn't I didn't ask about it uh, I didn't ask about it but I you know the spell you know in case people try to find it it's w l n s v e y did I get it right and people might be yeah. curious about the origin they don't need to know about the origin but they might be curious yeah um, just really quickly uh my dad made it up um he wanted his Sweet. children to have original names and so there it is good i i my dad named me jefferson it's not exactly original but i didn't know a lot of other people named jefferson so i i, <laughs> I have some kinship winsby thank you so much for spending the time and good luck to you out there thank you so much really appreciate it be well you're listening to x-ray i'm glad you are radio shorts